Good morning. This is the March 9th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode, we're discussing what future WWE Hall of Famer worked his last ECW match on this day in 1996. The event was called Big Ass Extreme Bash. It was a busy and interesting weekend of hellos and goodbyes for ECW. The Bash was a two-night, two-city event. On Friday, March 8th, the show took place at the Lost Battalion Hall in Rego Park, Queens. And night two was back at the home base in South Philly. Things got off to a rocky start when Brian Pillman was spotted in the front row before the opening match. In fact, with the opening segment scheduled to be an interview between Joey Styles and the franchise Shane Douglas, things got ugly in a hurry. If you tuned into episode 145 back on February 17th, you'll no doubt remember that Pillman's first appearance in ECW didn't go over very well with the ECW fans or Rost, and in particular, Shane Douglas. Proving himself to be every bit the piece of shit Douglas accused him of being, Pillman made a commotion to draw the franchise to him, begged Shane to take a swing at him, then pulled his cousin and her toddler in between himself and Shane as Shane drew back to throw a haymaker. And away we go. If you were listening back in late August and caught episode number 20, you heard the story of how ECW said goodbye to the Dudleys back in 1999. Due to the explosion of wrestling news and rumors on the blossoming high-speed internet, their departure was a very poorly kept secret and therefore was written into the storyline of the night. But ECW had a knack for still surprising you. And on that night, the Dudleys made their way out, and Raven made a surprise return. That was 99, however. These few years earlier in 96, during the weekend of Big Ass Extreme Bash, the internet was just finding its groove. We were still asking Jeeves, and had yet to even hear of Google. The internet wrestling community was in the larval stage of the vile succubus it would become. And while a good portion of dirt sheets were still literally sheets of paper arriving at their destination through the U.S. Postal Service, the ECW fans in attendance were ahead of the curve once again. Cactus Jack was on his way out of town. He had signed with the WWF and was working his last weekend of matches for ECW. And the New York fans saw this as an affront. Foley has been quoted of saying of the event, quote, My opponent for the first show in Queens was Chris Jericho. The response to me was brutal, even to the point of hurting my feelings. They showered me with everything from full beers to deafening chants of you sold out, end quote. But Foley wasn't the only one on his way out of town. On that same weekend doubleheader, both Rey Mysterio Jr. and Juventud Guerrera were working their last matches before heading to WCW. You might think leaving for the loving embrace of Eric Bischoff was even more egregious of a sin to the ECW faithful. Maybe it was the fact that in their two out of three false contest in New York, the fans barely had time to breathe in between high spots, and that kept them from taking their anger out on Ray and Hoovy. But the ECW fans were a special breed. Sometimes that manifested itself in a negative manner, sometimes positive, sometimes both in the matter of 24 hours. And such was the case with Mick Foley at Big Ass Extreme Bash. The king of Japanese death matches was so verbally brutalized by the ECW faithful that he admits it shook him on Friday night. While Saturday night was a different town, there's only about 100 miles between Queens and Philadelphia, 
and given the rabid nature of the ECW fans and the roughly $25 general admission price tag, you can bet there were more than a few repeat customers that night in the bingo hall. How was it possible then that the reception in Philly made Foley say, quote, I was not mentally prepared for the reaction I received. I couldn't have expected it in my wildest dreams. Fans were clapping, and by the time I got to the ring, every last one was on his feet chanting my name in unison. Cactus Jack, Cactus Jack. It wasn't the loudest reaction I'd ever heard for a wrestler, but it was damn close. End quote. I guess that's the ECW fan base in a nutshell. On Friday night, they wanted Foley to know they were pissed he was leaving. While Foley hadn't made his name in ECW, he had a great run there and had become one of their own. From his early feuds with Sabu and Terry Funk, to the Kane, Dewey, and JT Smith incidents that led to Foley turning on the ECW fans and the anti-hardcore angle with Tommy Dreamer that would follow, to teaming with Mikey Whipwreck in two reigns as ECW Tag Team Champions. While Foley's time in ECW was probably always meant to be transitional for him, it was not insignificant by any means to the ECW fans. And if you're a young wrestler or wrestling hopeful, get your hands on a copy of the ECW DVD entitled The Best of Cactus Jack. Even if you aren't a fan of or have no intention of wrestling the Foley style, that DVD is a PhD level course in promo work. But I digress. As I was saying, the ECW fans were pissed and they wanted Mick to know it. But at the same time, they weren't going to let him leave South Philly without knowing just how much they loved him too. So it was on this day in wrestling history, March 9th, 1996, that Cactus Jack wrestled his final match for ECW in the famous ECW arena as part of night two of Big Ass Extreme Bash. He made his way to the ring with a steely gaze as if he had prepared himself for the worst once again. But with a standing ovation welcoming him to the ring, and a sign in the front row warning him to, quote, keep Uncle Vinny away from Dewey and Noel, end quote. Clearly the fans were on his side tonight. Not that they didn't also love his opponent for the evening, former tag partner Mikey Whipwreck, but tonight was about Cactus, and Mikey was protected in a sense. On Friday night, as Cactus was losing to Jericho, Whipwreck was being submitted by Taz, and in fact on Saturday was wrestling against Doctor's Orders and sporting a neck brace as a result of the damage done by the human suplex machine. And these two didn't exactly go through the motions either. At nearly 17 and a half minutes, they had the longest match of the night, and if you know anything about either man's style, it was more than a little physical. When Cactus ripped the neck brace off Mikey deep into the match, Whipwreck lost his temper and worked over Jack with a steel chair. The move would backfire, though, when a few minutes later, a cactus driver onto that same chair spelled the end for Mikey. After another extended standing ovation and another chant of cactus, cactus, Jack pulled a reluctant Mikey to his feet, raised his hand, and embraced his former partner. He then put over the ECW locker room and began to give credit to the two men whom he called the heart and soul of ECW. Of course, we were meant to assume he was referring to Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman, but Cactus pulled a fast one and called out Stevie Richards and Blue Meanie. In a final moment of self-indulgence, Cactus and his two buddies did the Ric Flair strut, or Jackie Fargo if you're of a similar mind as Jeff Jarrett. They strutted back through the curtain and Cactus Jack's ECW career was over. 
Well, that's our show for today. The Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Learn more at minutestobelltime.com. This episode was written by John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group.